Hey. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine. Obviously, it was a big one, and, and the guys responded in a big way from start to finish, man. I just like the way we came out of the locker room and just continued to fight and compliment one another. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of In the Locker Room with Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas here on a beautiful Monday morning, which is a victory Monday morning because the Steelers done went out and did the job on the dastardly Denver Broncos yesterday and did a great job in a 27 to 19 victory. And I got to tell you something that was really a special game. It was so special because there was a number of factors involved. And I got to tell you something uh, because of the fact that I missed the game and I'm, and by the way, any, everybody I'm doing just fine, but out of an abundance of caution, we're just proceeding forward. But I want you to know that game was so special because just watching it from afar, such as I did, it was a blast. I got to believe that the, the place was just rocking with all the Hinesfield wonderful folks just having at it on this spectacular day. You got everything going. You got Big Ben being Big Ben. You got the running game back. You had a defensive stand. You had so many different things happening all at once. And I got to tell you that I just, I was envious, man. I wish I could have been down there to see it, to experience it, to feel the drama of that stadium with all the electricity, all the folks having a, just an awesome time. And it really was truly a great game. The number to get in on, if you want to call the program, it's 412-919-1316. We're looking forward to talking with you and having at it. Max will be checking in here any moment. Uh, he had caught a late flight back to Phoenix, so we're just anticipating that he's going to be joining us here at, at some point in time. But I got to tell you, get ready. For, tell me about your game balls because that's going to be important. There was just a few that got to go around, and one of the big ones that I will tell you right from the top was uh, obviously Big Ben. 15 of 25, 253 yards, two TDs, a 120.9 or 121 QB rating. You know, here's the thing about it, and we talked about it before. Um, yeah, things were going a little discombobulated in the first month of the season, and this is certainly no guarantee that it's going to continue. But you know, the fact is, uh, when you've had a hall, when you've got a Hall of Fame resume, 
and a Hall of Fame career, uh, you, you are who you are. And this is what this cat did. You know, there's been a lot of heat thrown his way. There's been a lot of naysayers starting to really point the finger and uh, say that maybe he's washed up or saying that, uh, you know, he can't get it done anymore. But, you know, there's something about these guys that when they're Hall of Famers, they're different than you and me. Uh, there's a reason they're bound for the Hall of Fame. Their resume speaks to it. Their, their life experiences speak to it. But along the way, they've developed a little something-something extra that God just dapped them with a little bit more. And these guys, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, these guys are, are, are something in that they can – somehow they've got an ability – to pull deeper from themselves than maybe you and me in, in, in life. I don't know how it all works. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of so, such God-given talent. And then this incredible drive and competitive attitude to get the job done that you see a lot of these guys, you know, they'll, they'll come forward and be able to do things that it just, you, you shake your head, you know, in a day and age when you think, wow, you know, uh, here, Ben hasn't had a, a – the Steelers haven't had a touchdown drive in I don't know how many games, so, you know, double-digit games on the opening drive. And yet, two weeks in a row, he comes up with game uh, – with touchdown drives. And you sit there and you think to yourself, man, get Zooks, that's really special. That's really pulling down – digging deep within yourself and coming up with something that uh, sets you apart from others. And certainly he did. So you look at – you know, the game balls out there and I got to go one with, uh, you know, with Big Ben right away because I thought some of the things that he did were absolutely spectacular. And probably if we go into it, you know, the last drive uh, before Boz hit the field goal to make it 27-19, um, I got to tell you something, that was that was Ben quarterbacking, I think, at his finest. You know, the 22-yard slant to Deontay. You know, if you can pick up any cue – other than a code word or something that was called in the huddle. And I'm not even sure if that, what, you know, if that was called in the huddle or not, but any cue as to whether he, um, you know, he, he uh, uh, audible to that call, I, I couldn't tell, but I will tell you that 22 yard slant to Deontay uh, was terrific. And, you know, it's getting the ball to Deontay on the run right at the moment in time and being able to let him, you know, that run after the catch was terrific. But then you also go with the Chase 16-yarder that featured a comeback timing route by Chase Claypool. I mean, get out of here. This is after Ben faked the handoff on the counter tray and pump faked the throw to his right, only to come back to his left and hit the Claypool. A 16-yarder. That was a quarterback masterclass in those two plays. That's what I'm talking about when I tell you, you know, as a young buck, I came to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1980. You know, you're in there with the Blonde Bomber. This is a guy I watched through the 70s when in high school and college, you know, watching Terry Bradshaw come through Super Bowls and everything else and then be able to play with him, to be in the huddle with him. And a lot of people at that point in time, you know, Terry had had, had uh, you know, some of his finer years and, and he was in the waning years of a, a, an illustrious career, a Hall of Fame career, a terrific career. And there were a lot of people that were starting to uh, write things about him that he no longer had his fastball, that he no longer did this or that. And, you know, and I, I remember thinking when I got there, wow, I'm in the huddle of Terry Bradshaw. And, and just playing just a couple years with him, even though 
he, 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 you know, was, was in the, the last parts of his career. I, I remember thinking, you know, when this guy, he, this guy can pull it together at any time. He can literally, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bad the situation might appear to be, um, it's simply, it's simply amazing because the belief in this guy was the bonding agent that would run through the huddle. And before you knew it, you were simply caught up in the moment knowing that here I am, you know, I'm in the huddle with Terry Bradshaw and this guy is going to pull it together. And more often than not, he did. And that's the type of belief that a team needs. You've got to believe in each other. You've got to stand shoulder to shoulder with the guy next to you, the guy to your left and right, the guy across from you. And you've got to believe in each other and make sure that you're doing the due diligence that is necessary each and every week to come out and put on your very best performance. And that's what Terry Bradshaw brought to the, to the huddle is that belief, that sincerity and, and knowledge that, hey, yeah, you know, this guy, I, I believe in him. I know that he can do it. If we give him enough time, if we fight our butts off, if we hang in there, this guy is going to pull it out and do the job. And that's just what Big Ben did. As I said before, you know, you take a look and you go 15 to 25, 253, two TDs. Yeah, he had a fumble. Um, and I don't, I, don't, uh, uh, I don't blame the offensive tackles at all. Danny Moore, he ran his man around the back of the pile. Chooks a core four, he ran his man around the back of the pile. It was one of, I would call it, more of a coverage sack than anything else because those two guys picked the tackles. And, and so the, the defensive end came around, was Malik Reed, I believe it was, came around and, and spiked uh, uh, Ben's arm and knocked the ball loose, and the ball came out. But that's, that's more of a coverage sack. I suppose you could sit there and say, yeah, Ben should have uh, you know, eyes in the back of his head and should have tucked the ball. I don't know. I know this. It was, there was enough time to be able to unload the ball. Ben would tell you, uh, you know, that was on him, I'm sure. Because of the fact when you got offensive tackles that run guys around the horn at the back of the at, at the back of the pocket, creating that fishbowl pocket, um, you know they they're, they're doing their job. So that was the only big bummer about that one. But Ben was on point with his throws, and again I go back to that last drive and and when when uh, he threw that that uh, zip little dart into Deontay Johnson, we've seen that many times and. It's amazing how at that point in time, that catch and run was so particularly uh, outstanding. I mean, just to be able to bust through and come on, get inside position on that coverage and be able to run after the catch and get the job done. But again, I go back to that, that timing route to Chase Claypool was just amazing to me. When you fake the counter tray and because, because you've done such a great job running the counter tray all day at this point in time, you fake it. And then you go with a play action, and you fake, and you, you, you actually pump fake all the way to the right. He's got a couple of receivers out there, and then he turns and comes back to his left to hit Claypool coming back. That's just pure magic, man. I mean, to be able to throw that baby in there and zip it in so that Chase not only catches it coming back, but he's able to wheel and deal and lose a corner coming up to make a tackle on him. Um, I just thought that was just expert quarterbacking. So kudos to Ben. I think uh, he really showed that he is the gamer that uh, he's always been in his 18 years as, as a Steelers quarterback. This is the reason why I say, you know, you want to make sure that you 
you, you, you just ring every moment out with a Hall of Famer to be as much as you can because you never know when one of these guys is going to come along again. As I've often said, uh, I played in Terry Bradshaw's last game at Shea Stadium in 83, and I was on the sidelines in Miami when Ben made his first start in 04. Uh, there was 21 years in between and a lot of quarterbacks wearing that Steelers black and gold jersey in between the two. So enjoy it while you can, Pittsburgh, and let's hope that uh, you know Ben is able to just take this and build on it and move along and be able to continue this performance. And I think whatever is coming with uh, Matt Canada and, and some of the things that uh, we saw Matt do in the offense today, um, I expect more good stuff like this because that in the running game was just outstanding. I mean, when you think about it, um, you know, we've been waiting for Najee Harris. I'm sure Najee Harris is one of these guys that, uh, you know, he's, he's got the last name with another very famous Harris here in Pittsburgh, a very famous Hall of Famer by the name of Franco, who had pulled off probably the most incredible play ever in the history of the NFL and the Immaculate Reception. And I think that a guy like Najee with that Alabama-type pedigree is a guy that is looking for uh, and wanting to display his worthiness, if you will, being a first-rounder and wanting to show that, yes, I'm worth the first-round pick. Yes, I want to show that, uh, you know, I may share the last name Harris with him, but, uh, yeah, I'm not the Hall of Famer, but I want to show a Hall of Famer that I'm capable of, of, of playing at a high level. And what a joy it was to watch that young man come out. But, you know, if you break it down even more because of the fact you, that uh, offensive line just came off the ball, I mean, that was just a dynamite job as, for that offensive line. If you take a look at that thing, man, they ran the counter trap. They ran uh, the, the 22 power just straight away. The double teams at the point of, uh, at the point of attack, <laughs> they're looking like double teams. You're seeing him take the guy with his hand in the ground and with a double team, and they're moving the guy and putting him in the lap of the linebacker. Like, this is what a double team should look like. Gadzooks, that's exactly what a double team should look like. People moving backwards. White jerseys, white Denverite jerseys moving backwards in a wash because the offensive line is coming off and, can, and, and not just engaging, but got those that the ligamentation and, and Ham hocks are churning and driving the ball backwards. I mean, that's what you want to see. That's what I've been waiting to see. And I just knew it was coming along. I mean, week by week, if you go through the film and you watch it, you see little things that, that, that show you that improvements being made. You know, you got Kendrick Green getting better with his aiming points. And by the way, you got to love Kendrick Green. I mean, Gadzooks, man, the guy finishes blocks like somebody tried to steal his lunch money. I mean, really, you know, you know, that's the type of attitude you got to have. That's the type of attitude great lines have to have as a group, right? It's all about finishing the blocks right to the whistle. Do it with an attitude. Do it with prejudice. Like, you, you know, you, this guy was trying to steal your lunch money. Man, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And that's what offensive line play is all about. It's a group of five getting the job to, done together as well as you can possibly do. Because the fact is, if one guy is failing at it, you're all failing at it. Because you're only as, good, only as good as your weakest link on that offensive line. So here's the deal. 
You can call me, 412-919-1316. All right, in the locker room, tell me your game balls. Tell me what you think about the game. It's a spectacular win. It's a victory Monday. Golly, I think there's got to be a donut around here somewhere. All right, let's go. We'll go to break. We'll be back after this. Again, you're in the locker room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Radio, and Steelers Nation Radio. That's all, that's all that matters. That's why, there's no disrespect to your question, it just that's all that matters. I mean, winning the football game. We didn't care if it was pretty ugly. Uh, we just wanted to win the game, and, and we did that. And it took all of us, and it took the whole game. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, if you didn't have a hungry heart before that game yesterday, I wouldn't know what it would take to make you want to have a hungry heart because the fact is the Steelers, in my mind, one of the great things about losing is the fact that it not just ratchets up the intensity because you don't want to lose. You don't want that that sort of awful feeling just being pervasive throughout your your your, your home life, your, your your professional life, all those things. That's the only good thing that, that losing does for you. It bonds you and makes you come back harder, stronger, and hungrier than ever. And the guy that I know is gets as hungry as me is the guy that uh, we welcome into the locker room, my brother Max. Max, how you doing, buddy? Well, I am good. I am uh, I am back uh, <laughs> on a couple of time zone switches in the last uh, 36 hours, but... But I'm good. I'm good. Missed, missed a little good. bit. Uh, thank you for carrying the weight early uh, in the show. But I'm, I'm here now. That's what teammates do. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> he ain't heavy. He's my brother. There it is. That's right. Well, we're both heavy. So what are we going to do? We are say? heavy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the beauty about a win is there's no way in Wednesday on a win. That right? is true. Victory, victory, victory Monday. Wednesday. That's right. Beautiful. So Max, and first of all, spectacular job on the on the on the job with uh, Billy Hillgrove yesterday, up in the booth. Um, I got to cool. tell you something. From your vantage point, um, what were you seeing? All right, and who would be your? Give me a game ball too. You know, I mean, the 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 group that is, I feel much maligned and has taken a lot of heat. I mean, the offensive line, the uh-huh. way that they played bully ball uh, on Sunday from the from from the start of the game. I mean, when you talk about play after play 
Najee five, Najee six, Najee five, Najee four. Boom. I mean, and they just kept bringing it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times they were just smacking guys on the double team. Not a lot of motion again, Wolf. And these guys, see ball, hit ball. The defenders, they found them. It clicked. It looked like what we've been expecting them to do. I told you it was going to be six weeks. Well, they brought they brought the heat in week five, and uh, that group has taken a lot of criticism, so they deserve a little smoke on them. So I would give my game ball to that offensive line. You know, I, I, I would agree with you. Um, again, I went with Ben just – and, again, we can give out as many game balls as we want because it's our yeah. show. Okay? So. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's We're it. in the locker room. We, we could go That's to Pat right. Noon or Adam and just say, hey, we need another we need another ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. That's we it. We got hundreds That's of them. It. <laughs> you know, and I would I would I, I would have to join in and say, let's bring Adrian Clem into it. Because it's obvious. Yeah. As we watched over the course of the past month, we were five weeks, okay? As we started off and you know, in Buffalo it was uh, and then it just kinda it was it was not what we, we thought it, it was gonna look like. But we saw gradual improvement. And what offensive line, what is the offensive line play but gradual improvement? When you got young bucks, you got a rookie center, you got a rookie left tackle. The two most, probably the two biggest key points on an offensive line are manned by rookies. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be challenges that they're going to have. But at the same time, uh, these young guys, they keep slugging it out. You got the Trey Turners, you know, you got Chooks coming back and playing. You got Kevin Dotson of, uh, in his first year of really starting. You got to give these guys that opportunity. And I think they've taken it upon themselves to start pulling that sled the way you expect it to be. This is a Denver team that hadn't given up, what, 60 yards to a, another running back? And Najee just drilled him for a buck 22 and a buck 47 overall. Says something about what their effort was like. Yeah, no, I mean, you're looking at the number three total defense coming into this. Uh, you see, yeah, and, and granted, yes, can, can you argue the semantics about the teams they've played? Yes, you can. They weren't the best caliber, but this is also a team that, that did what they were supposed to do when they were supposed to do it. And that was a 3-1 and one team with a lot of confidence and a great defensive player on the other side of the ball, a guy by the name of Von Miller, we barely called his name yesterday. Yeah. They neutralized him. We barely called Shelby Harris' name yesterday. Pat Sertain's name barely got called. These were some of the guys you brought into this, and that secondary was top flight. And they handled the pressure. They handled the bare fronts. They handled the nickel four down fronts. And everything that they tried to do and they blocked it up. They got man-on-man Dan Moore. We mentioned the kid had a great pass-setting day. His feet were good. He was in front of guys. He was using his hands. That was important. We saw what Chooks Accor for coming off of, you know, the concussion. Yes, he had one little, uh, you know, as Bill called it, El Flincho, but heck of a job <laughs> against a lot of duty against Von Miller. Um, yes. I mean, th- these these young men played their behinds off, and it was awesome to see. You know, I, I, I so agree with you. You know, I started off watching the very first play was that counter trap. And uh, 
and still banged away for like six yards. And and, and Kendrick Green had issues, got let a man penetrate. And it was, you know, the back block. It was between Chooks and him. You got to come back. You got to give a little more help. I think Chooks could have helped out a little bit more. But not 10 plays later, they come back and they block it right. And it still and it bangs away for another seven yards. They're getting there. You know, it's still a work in the progress. It's still going to be some ups and downs because that's the nature of young bucks like a Danny Moore uh, and, and, and a guy like Kendrick. But it's like I said earlier, one thing one thing that stands out to me about Kendrick, I mean, he finishes blocks like like I said, like somebody's trying stole his lunch money. All right, he's going after that dude, and he's getting his lunch money back. You know, I mean, he does it with an attitude. Yeah. He does it with that, you know, uh, give it up, bam, you're going down type thing, and that's the type of attitude that you want to forge in a in a offensive line meeting room. I mean. One of the things we, we loved to, to do was cheer on the guys in our room that had the big splash. You pancake somebody. You knock somebody down. Uh, you were a little aggressive maybe to the echo of the whistle the next valley over. But those are the types of things, moments in the, in the offensive line meeting room that you cheer on because you want to be one of those guys when you see it cheered on and you, it, it kind of brings this group identity forward, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, we we talked about this in the preseason. Um, Demeanor is what Adrian Clem wanted to bring to this group. Excellent. They're starting to establish that demeanor, right? We are going to fight. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be cute. It's not going to be textbook. But guess what? It's going to be hard. It's going to be physical. And we're going to play to the echo of the whistle. And that's what you're getting. That's what they're trying to embody. That's what Kendrick Green brings to this. That's what Trey Turner brings to this. And you see the identity of Dan Moore and Chooks Akor for kind of starting to take shape and Kevin Dotson. Um, and, you know, and the thing, they've gotten a lot of heat. You know, the protection in Ben. Ben almost got a little bit too comfortable. That's what happened in that strip sack, right? Ben, right. he had too much time because he was looking – he was patting the ball, and he was like, oh, I'm going to try and move it over here. It's like, no, Ben, you still got three, three and a half seconds at the most. Get rid of it. The internal clock has to kick in and say, throw it. I mean, but that was just a shift to see Ben feeling that comfortable with him and also to dial up the run as much as they did and as consistently as oh, they did. Man, man that, that, that's the ultimate pat on the back as an offensive line. When your quarterback is calling the run and you answer the bell every time he does it, because you're proving him right as opposed to proving him wrong when he tries to call it and nothing happens. They were winning on first and second down. That was huge. That was so huge. I mean, you take a look at Ben's um, average throw, all right, uh, per attempt. was, nine, what, 9.4 or something like that? I'm always, I always need a fact checker anytime that I'm starting to quote yeah. statistics. <laughs> yeah. But it's around there. But think about it. He's been in the fours, the high fours, low fives, like through the most most part of the week. And here, I mean, uh, early part of the season. And here he is. He's stretching it out, man. And there was some long ball played. I mean, that 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 beautiful throw he made to Deontay was just outstanding down the sidelines. And that's the way to, that's the way to kick off that Hinesfield crowd. One of the great calls you made was when. Uh, when uh, a guy jumped off sides and you said, that's the Heinz field effect, right? Denver, because yeah. the Denver right guy got all 
discombobulated and the crowd's going crazy and everything like that. But the people are getting into it. That The house is rocking, and that's the way it should be. It's your home. This is where, you know, everybody needs to jump aboard and be part of that, uh, oh, you know, that this that distraction train that, that runs through the stadium when the whole place is buzzing and creates problems for the other team's offense. Oh, yeah, Heinz Field. Only Steelers get out alive. I mean, that's what you want to create <laughs> in that stadium because you want people to fear going there like, oh, my God, okay, I got to watch the ball even more. I got to pay attention. I got to pay attention. Oh, I forgot to look at the guy to see what he was doing. Ah, and then bad <laughs> things happen for them, and good things happen for us. Well, that's exactly so. And one of the things that I we got to talk about when we come back, I thought uh, Matt Canada, who probably I think deserves, at least deserves a game ball too because of the fact I loved, he started, I saw uh, 10 personnel, I saw 11, I saw 12, I saw 13, I saw 20 personnel, you know, the two backs back there. I mean, it was like they used different people and the three tight ends, I just love. I just love the tight end screen. Zach Gentry, Gadzooks. You know, you can't you can't coach speed and you can't coach 612, baby. That's a lot of lot of wingspan to be able to catch a ball in. So there's a lot of good stuff there that I thought Matt Canada brought to the dance. Well, yeah, I mean, every tight end caught a first down uh play. So the fact that they were utilized in those third downs, which they were phenomenal in third downs in the game. Yes. That was huge. So I was so I was really excited to see that. And yeah, on the other side of this, we'll talk more about just kind of how they deployed all those different personnel groupings and Derek Watts infusion into the offense. All right, we're gonna go to break. The numbers 412-919-1316. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. week um, but because of the nature and how the game was unfolding you know we weren't able to have the volume of runs to kind of reflect that uh, we minimized negativity a week ago we the power was falling forward we had hats on hats and I think what we were able to do today was just a continuation of that and so you know hopefully that's encouraging from a big picture perspective this is in the locker room with Wolf and Starks presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio Ah, preach it, Mike T. The running game showed signs last week. Not able, the Steelers not able to, you know, have the volume of runs, as Mike put it, that they wanted. In other words, you didn't get to run the ball as much as you wanted to. Well, you know, he, he's right. It was a precursor of things to come. As we've talked about, 
we're seeing a little bit week by week of this running game coming together. And we're seeing Najee, that, that, that uh, fantabulous, you know, Alabama pedigree coming out in him. And he's starting to display that which he's capable of, that which you knew was going to shine sooner or later, Max, as soon as this offensive line really started to find itself. It's always good, Wolf, first and foremost, (laughs) when you see that he has way more rushing attempts than pass catches. That's the first stat. Right. He rushed the ball 23 times, two catches. Targeted five times, but two catches. That's what we expected to see. And, yes, we've been delighted to see a 14-14, and 14, right? 14 rushes, 14 catches, an Alva, Alvin Kamara-esque type of playing ability. But we need the smash mouth. We needed the 100-yard rusher. We finally broke that another streak this week. Last week we break the first drive scoring touchdown streak, and we actually continue right. today, right? Not being able yes. to score on an opening drive, starting fast. We did that two weeks in a row now, but Najee toting the pill 23 times to the tune of 5.3, a rush, a long of 20, a rushing touchdown. I mean, that talk about a psyche shift for this team to know that they had a 100-yard rusher when you hadn't had one in so long. And the fact that you were able to dominate against a top-five defensive and make them look like a bottom five defense, the way that you ran the football. And we had Benny Snell and Kalen Balaj sightings toting the rock as yes. well. <laughs> so, so when you look at that, 35 total rushes on the – we'll call it 34 because Ben's one rush, I mean, that was a sack. But okay. 34 called run plays in this game to 25 pass plays. About a 60-40 run-to-pass ratio. That's the type of day you you had, and that's the type of day we wanted to see from this team because you take that stress off the quarterback, and he's able to be efficient, finishes the game with a 120.9 passer rating. That's what Najee does when you allow Najee time and you start feeding him and getting him into the flow of the run game. This offensive line started to get lathered up. It was a warm day, even though it was only in the 70s. But these boys were lathered up. And they were bringing elbows and forearms into the into the party, and uh, everybody was moving out of the way. Not to mention balled up fists. You are right, my friend. You know, one of the things yeah. that I think about is, you know, let's see. I think about your career, Max, and I think about you know, right around the time frame when, you know, you came to the Steelers, then you got this quarterback named Ben. And there was another guy there in the backfield that was pretty important that they got. And a uh, guy named what, Bussy? Yeah. The nickname we had? Yeah. And it, it seemed Jérôme, to me that. Jérôme is French. <laughs> <laughs> I like that French bus. I like yeah. that indeed. You get yeah. a croissant on that bus, okay? That's right. And when you're baguette. riding along. <laughs> and a baguette. Dang. All right. So, what I would say to you then, does this not kind of remind you of a time in your life that uh, you experienced some of what we saw yesterday? It did. It did. Where whatever we ran, it was going to be a success. We were going to open up. And guess what? The running back was going to finish. Najee finished the leg drive into the line of scrimmage. (laughs) 
through the first contact, he kept the legs driving and would power forward. Did not fall backwards. He fell forward. And that was what made him such a battering ram in this game. It was that it was that mindset and that determination. And, yes, he, he got a little bit worn down, right? You know, he had some cramping later in the game, had to come out. Right. That's why we saw more of uh, Benny Snell and Kalen Balazs. But that's the mindset, right? You have to condition yourself to do that, to tote the rock and, and know you're going to have contact on 23 different occasions uh, per game, whereas you may or may not, depending on how the pass goes, running out of bounds. Uh-uh, there's no running out of bounds when you're between the tackles unless you're about 25 yards downfield, right? <laughs> and you're getting forced out because you're trying to hit that sideline, trying to hit the pass lane, right. right? The passing lane. Right. That's the only time you get that. But when you run between the tackles in the middle of the traffic, you're going to get contact. And Najee answered the call. He didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't bat an eye. He didn't back down. I mean, heck, I think it was in the end of the first quarter, I think – he was at 35, 40 yards rushing, and then at the end of the first half, around 64, 65. That's an intent right there. That's a mindset. That is exactly right. You know, one of the things I, I try to always relate to some of the stories, and back in your time, again, with a guy named Bussy, when uh, another guy, Chris McAllister, was being blocked behind his warden, I told this story ad nauseum. I'm going to nauseate the audience by telling it again. Because McAllister said one of the most definitive things that I can ever remember being said about a, a pounding running attack. When Hines was blocking him, the second half of the game, all right, the Steelers, you guys had the lead in one of those, you know, uh, pandemic type of, uh, you know, Ravens games. You guys just, it was just, it was, it was just one of those bruising affairs. And, and you got the triage lead. Unit. And Bussies, exactly, <laughs> triage, mash units, you know it. And here, McAllister says to Heinz, ease up. You don't have to go so hard. I'm in no hurry to get over in front of Bussy. That's a heck of a thing to have to be saying to an opponent. Well, I can't even believe that he said it, frankly. But it, it does tell you something about the mindset when you have a slam and bam and running back and running attack. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, is it, what we talked about before, business decisions, right? That, that's what guys are, guys are making business decisions on right. the field, that negotiation and compromise that comes between an offense and a defense, and it breaks their, it, you know, it breaks their will. And I, I stand corrected. The end of the first half summaries, it was 89 yards rushing for Najee by the oh, end of okay. the first half. That was a heck well for of, the sake of, of journalistic job. integrity. All right, so yes. you know, yes, we we have a standard around here of, of journalistic integrity. Well, I, I, I broke, I've broken the the bar very often, but anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, never let the truth get in the way of a good story, you know? Uh, but, but, yes. I but I think that's it. I mean, there's been plenty of times where guys, you know, you know, and I'm not going to out any guy's names, but, you know, it's uh, I've had guys who are like, listen, I'm just trying to get to my fishing boat this offseason. Like, I, I, my, right. my flight's already booked. We're not in the playoffs. Guys are like, I just want to end the season healthy. Come on, man! Don't don't do this. And he's like, listen, I, I, hey, let's make it look good. Like I've heard all of that stuff, and that's when you know you're in a team. We're heading into the playoffs. We're in our December stride, and guys are making fishing appointments down south in Florida, right? Going to Tampa, doing a little right. Gulf of Mexico fishing trip with the buddies and his family that he's been away from. That that's what you get to, and when you have that type of running game, you make a lot of guys go fishing. 
because they're like, I have a lot of better things. You start, yeah, you start looking at your credited seasons counting. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my 401k payment this year. You, you're worried about everything but what's going on in the field because you're trying not to get injured. Exactly. So I'll tell you uh, what year was it? It was back in the 80s, late 80s. It was a miserable year. We weren't going to the playoffs. Last home game at Three Rivers. This is probably like you're in kindergarten or something, Max. So anyhow, <laughs> we played in Miami Dolphins yeah. at Three Rivers. Yeah. yeah, probably right around there. So we're, we're at Three Rivers, and it's snowing out. And it is just one of those cold, hard, you know, the Three Rivers turf would get like pavement with a Brillo soap Ugh. pad on it in December. Ugh. And it was the last game of the year, and the Miami Dolphins were there. And my guy that came out to play, now remember, we don't have all the great undergarments that you guys had in more modern days. This guy, big defensive end, he comes out. He's wearing, you know, the gray sweatpants underneath his, oh, yeah. his football pants, okay? He's wearing a gray hoodie underneath his pants. That's He's got a hoodie right there. with the hood. <laughs> He's got gardening gloves on, all right? This, this guy has the total <laughs> look of, let's just please get the game over with and let me get on the plane and go back to Miami. And we won that game going away. I mean, you could tell. Everybody in Miami was just, let's get the game over and go back to Miami, please. I don't know if you knew this, but I, I've never played in cold look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I know those gardening gloves weren't team issue. You had to make a conscious decision no. to go into a Kmart and say, hey, what are your most heavy-duty gloves? Well, we got these electrical <laughs> gloves. No, 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 that's too thick. Uh, we got these gardening gloves. Perfect, I'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, give me two pair in yeah, case I got to double exactly. up. Can I double up? Give me a pair of large and extra large so I can I can put them over each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But that's exactly the case in point, you know. And going back to what transpired yesterday at Pines Field, one of the best things that we saw was the one of the best ways you can deal a, a, a great blow to the op opposing offense who has a two headed monster and Melvin Gordon. And, and uh, Williams, right, a rushing attack like that, what do you do? Well, you know what? You get the lead, all right? You come out and you get a lead, and you keep the lead so that the other team's chasing you. All of a sudden, you know what? It's like it was last week. Even though your running attack's doing a good job, you can't use the running attack as much as you want to use the running attack because you got some points to make up. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't establish it. I mean, they tried to. They rushed it 18 times. Um, you know, if, if they stop Teddy a little bit short, maybe they hold him below 100. But, you know, for Melvin Gordon coming in, 258 yards rushing into that game. Nine attempts, 3.4, 3.8 an attempt. His long of eight. Now, Javante Williams, eight for 61. It's a little deceiving because he had that big right. 49-yarder. But nothing bigger then the spike in the field of play penalty oh. that backed him up off the one-yard line. Talk about loving the moment, and then the team, because of that, takes advantage and forces a field goal. It was first and goal on the one, and you ended up third and 20-something by the time it was said and done after the penalty, the big sack on Bridgewater. The defense right. really, really bowed their necks and really pushed them back. And I thought that was a tremendous sign and show of strength for the defense that they didn't allow them to, A, get punch it in the end zone, 
But, B, they shut him out of the end zone twice in goal-to-go situations. And I thought that was, that, that was awesome. And, you know, they get a little bit over 100 yards, but they didn't allow a 100-yard rusher once again. Exactly so. They had that one bust. But I'll tell you who made a difference there. How about the young Pierre? Uh, speaking French, the baguette, Man. the croissant, the French oh, bust, he's got, right? He's got no, a beret and a, and a striped shirt on, you know, with the horizontal stripes, <laughs> red and white. He has a little scarf around his neck, turned to the side with the knot. Uh, James Pierre What about the effort by that amazing. young man? Tell me about it. He played amazingly. I mean, when you talk about running a, running a guy down, right, seemingly was going to be, you know, breaking away for a touchdown. I mean, Javante Williams has that type of speed. This was a top three back in the draft, right? It was a decision between him, Travis, and, uh, and, and Najee. And the fact that he broke that play and James Pierre did not, did not let up. And they went at James Pierre at the end of the game, too. So he oh, had no. pressure not only on that play to make up and make a tackle, but then at the end of the game, they were, t- they were, they were eyeing his side. He was playing the, from the booth, the far side of the field, the visitor side of the field. And he had Courtney right. Sutton more often than not, who was six foot four. And he played lights out. They went at him, and he answered the call. Should have had a pick a couple plays before the last one of the game to seal it. Right, but you are. To, to step up and continually play and know that that guy's a target against a taller receiver and play him the way he did, man, kudos. James Pierre stepped up huge in Cam Sutton's absence. You know, I can't say it any better than what you just said. As a matter of fact, one of the things I want to ask you when we come back is, what does a, a game like that, now think about it, you get beat by Cortland Sutton for a touchdown, okay? All right, that, that, that hurts. You're out there, and, you know, you're on there, you get beat. You could see it in his, his body language when he rolled over on, after hitting the turf and everything. Then he comes back, and on the last drive, he almost seals the game with almost an interception. But almost is not enough, right? Again, nope. this is a guy, all right, you take two lumps like that, and then you know they're coming after you. You know they're going to go after you. You know they're, you're right between the crosshairs of Teddy Bridgewater, and the crowd is just pumping and going. And then you come through with the biggest play of the game, and which really was the second biggest play because it also the stop on, on Williams when you ran him down from behind. But to me, this sets the kid up for success because you leap up from your big successes as much as you – learn from some of your your mistakes am i correct you're absolutely right and i'm, I'm excited to see that that, that that's going to be great to talk we'll, we'll definitely talk about that on the other side of this break all right sounds good well let's go to break then wolf starts and the ninjas in the locker room espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio <laughs> 